3: No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Well,
4: it ain't easy. Now. How could I move forward when I keep looking backward? I'm just standing
3: still. How can I fight this obsession? Pittsburgh
2: Steelers fans, well, it's the third round draft pick. It's come through. You've got your latest draft round table. I'd like to welcome my co host Tony Duffio, Jeremy Betts, Andrew Wilbar. Steelers, another another player might be a great player depending on your view of it. Uh, I think I want to go first to first to Tony. Like you know, how what's your reaction to this pick uh, of DeMarvin Leal, pick number eighty-four in the third round? A guy that the start of the draft process. You know, some people had him there in the top 10. Yeah, what's your gut, what's your gut reaction?
5: Well, after you tell me that, I'm, I'm actually pretty excited about it that they got him in the third round, but I don't know a whole lot about him. I do know that the, the defensive line, they need some uh, depth, and uh, there's still uncertainties about uh, Stephon it and even Tyson Alualu. So they certainly need to address the uh, the D line at some point with a premium pick. So uh sounds like they could get potentially a diamond in the rough. I'm not sure. I have to do some more research on him, but uh, but it's def- it definitely uh, addresses the need.
2: Yeah, well, for for sure, and you know, we you know there are some questions here on the Steelers' defensive line. Jeremy, same question to you. You see that you see them draft Demarvin to, to Leal. What's the reaction?
1: Okay, so my initial reaction is this guy is a tweener, the the absolute definition of a tweener. He is not a true defensive tackle and size, especially in the three, four that the Steelers like to run, but, um, he's not a, an edge either, uh, a, a two point stance outside linebacker. Uh, so to me, it, it sounds like the Steelers are, have a plan to, um, make him a versatile defender, uh, either that, or they will specialize him to one part of that. So it's w- whatever they have, uh, the feeling of maybe they think they can add weight to him. And uh, he's got the frame for it. I believe you, you could say that. He's not the most naturally athletic guy, but he's got heavy hands. he's got um, he's got a big motor and he, he's got some finesse to his game that allows him to get after the quarterback and, and make plays in the backfield.
2: Yeah, yeah, for sure. And, you know, someone with 25 tackles for a loss throughout their college career and 13 sacks, you know, he definitely brings something there in terms of that, that pass rush. But what about you, Andrew Wilbur? I know, you you, you know, you're one, you're one of the BTC's leading um, blokes when it comes to college football. What's your gut feel, gut reaction to this pick?
0: He's a polarizing pick. He was arrested back in December on DUI. He's had some off-field concerns. Um, I didn't expect the Steelers to go this route. I understand the Texas AM. Connection, obviously, the Steelers trust their scouts in the area after taking two Texas A&M guys last year, taking another one this year. Um, He's got some talent, not the most athletic guy in the world, not the most nimble, Um, but he's pretty quick out of his stance. He's good using his hands, has good hand placement. Um, He's a good finisher once he does get loose. He is a good finisher, and that I can't say the same about a lot of the other top guys at defensive line in this draft. Had eight and a half sacks this past year. The production's there. Um, he's a good player. I mean, in my first mock draft, I think I may have even had him going in the late first round. Um, but it hurt. It stings more seeing that the next two picks off the board were Marcus Jones, who I had 55 on the big board. He was the guy I was ideally wanting with this pick. And then Malik Willis after that, who of course, infamously my number five player in this entire draft. Um, so that that made the pick worse. It's not a terrible pick, uh, but I would have rather seen the Steelers address a bigger need area.
2: Yeah. So, the, so, and and that's an interesting question because we were talking a lot about cornerback. You know, in the BTSC, you know, Zoom that a lot of us were joining as well. And you know, particularly, I know we were talking about that. You know, you know, Jeremy and and Andrew and and the other player when we talk about the defensive line that's still on the board there was Perry and Winfrey. Now I don't know if he got taken in the subsequent picks, but then you look at that and you look at you know, defensive end and, you know, what he might do, you know, and he was that all-star at the senior bowl. So it's interesting with those two guys on the board, we did go more interior and we focused there. Do you, I, I guess, and, and I'll start off with you, Tony, do you see this as a, we need to get younger, you know, Alu probably got one year left, you know, is that where the fix is? Is this a, is this a move? We have to stop the run. Like most still fans are sitting there and what last year was, was an embarrassment when it comes to, you know, rush
5: Oh, yeah. They certainly have to get younger. I think what is to it? He's almost 30, right? And uh, Alulu is going to be 35 in a couple of weeks. uh, And uh, Hayward's 33. So they definitely have to get younger. I mean, this is one of the best defensive lines in the NFL not that long ago. and certainly one of the deepest. And now that that took a big hit last year and they suffered for it. They had the worst uh, rushing defense in the NFL. Is, Is that right? At least one of the worst. So, yep they had to address this, this position and this, this unit, uh, at some point. And, and, and that's certainly what this is. I mean, they, they went out and they they were aggressive last year. They brought in louder milk. Uh, they have Wormley on their, on that unit who's who's certainly a nice solid veteran, but I don't think he's somebody you can count on in the future to be a, uh, somebody who's going to take the place of one of these guys permanently. So yeah, they had to, they had to address the, uh, the unit. So I think that's, that's really what this is. I mean, they, there's so many areas they they had to address, uh, and D-line was one of them, and, and you can't do it all at once. So, you know, so far, uh, what, three, three picks, and they haven't really addressed it. That, that's something I'm looking for uh, later on in this draft. Are they going to do that? Because, you know, with Edmonds, you know, the deal that they gave him, clearly they're not big fans of his, as some of us are. So uh, I'm wondering what they're going to do with that position uh, moving forward uh, the rest of the weekend.
2: Yeah, no, that's a great point, Tony. And and so I guess that leads me to my next question, which is, you know, one that I really want to get, you know, you know from from you, Betts and Andrew Bale, you know, particularly with your draft fix show as well. The thing that stands out to me right now, across the consistent thing across the three picks, and then you particularly see it with Lille, is the Steelers are picking from either a college they really know well in, you know, in Pitt, or they're picking from top colleges like Georgia and now Texas A&M. And so the thing that I find interesting with Lille, and, and I'd love to get your thoughts on, is... You know, he played for Texas A&M. They played teams like Alabama now. They beat Alabama this year as well. So, you know, Lille's someone that's played in a defense that's used to having to actually make plays to keep Texas A&M in the, in the game. But, you know, yeah, I'd love to get your thoughts on the type of competition that Lille went up against when we're talking about, you know, running backs and and the quality of opposition that he played against.
1: You, you definitely have to take into consideration that he played in the SEC, that, obviously gives him a, a heads up in, or I guess a, a head start, I should say, in the uh, preparedness for what the NFL is going to bring. Uh, and the SEC is not the NFL either, don't get me wrong. There's there's some pushovers there. But I think the fact that he was able to produce steady production across his college career, um, he, maybe he never really flashed uh, based on um, his – rankings coming out of out of high school but he was a steady performer he he did get a little bit better each year um and i just think he's so versatile i and the Steelers like that in the middle of the draft last year it was uh kendrick green center guard versatility um you know you've got uh you've got so uh, even like later last year when they went after uh trey norwood he was Mike Tomlin famously called him uh, the Swiss army knife, you know, so these guys that maybe are a little bit positionless uh, as far as an actual role, but, you know, they have the versatility versatility to be molded as the coaching staff sees fit. And, you know, to be honest, this isn't bias either. This is well known across the league. What better organization to, uh, to develop a player than the Pittsburgh Steelers?
2: That's it. That's it. Andrew, what about, what about for you, particularly when we think about, you know, the AFC North right now, the run, the run game that is so required in some of the weather, you know, the, the way that, you know, that the two running backs that the Browns have, you've got Dobbins coming back with the Ravens, you know, the Bengals have got in. is Lil someone that's going to help us stop that run.
0: I go back to the, Alabama game that they played at the beginning of October. And Brian Robinson went off for 150 yards in that game. Um, Texas defensive line struggled. It was on 24 carries. So you're talking over five yards a carry. They they struggled as the game went on, being able to contain Alabama's running game. And, uh, you know, you you look at some of his bigger competition. He had, okay, so he had 13, I believe he has 13 career sacks. This past yeah. season, he had one and a half sacks against New Mexico, one sack against Kent Kent State, one sack against Missouri, one sack against Prairie View A and M, and one sack against. Okay, he had one sack against Ole Miss, um, and he had two against Mississippi State. A lot of his production in terms of pass rush has not come against great competition.
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And this is where I think, you know, I'm keen after, you know, we get, we get off this round table to have a look at those tackles for a loss and, and you know, and where they stacked up. Um, Tony, you know, Andrew brought up an interesting point there around, you know, a DUI charge. And we know that the Steelers have looked to shift in the last few years in terms of really that character that certain players, you know, bring to it. Do, does that, is that, and is that an issue you think with him or is this something that, you know, it's a non issue, you know, Dy is dy. you know, people move on, you know, is, you know, how does that, yeah, does anything stand out there for you?
5: Well, I mean, when you, when you factor, uh, when you combine that with uh, Pickens, not that he was arrested, but he had, I guess he comes with some character trait or issues uh, being suspended at uh, Georgia. This is something they've gotten away from the last uh, five or six drafts. Really. They've been going after the high character guys, the team captain, those, those kind of players from college. So it's interesting to see um that they're that they they've gone away from that with these last two picks uh if it's going to be a problem moving forward i i don't know it's hard to say it, it just it, it literally just happened right you said in in december Andrew, or like like la- late, late last year uh yeah so, it was yeah. december yeah so it it's it's something that um that might be one of the reasons why he slid so far too but uh it's definitely a concern i mean something like getting suspended for fighting on the field that's you know but, you know, a DUI, that's, uh, that's a pretty big deal. Uh, so it, it could be something that they have to keep, keep an eye on.
2: And then, Jeremy, the thing that, you know, a lot of Steeler fans, we sit there and, and Tony brought up um, a Terrell Edmonds earlier. And, you know, when the t- when Terrell Edmonds was taken where he was taken, like technically, statistically, you know, from what I've looked at, you know, he's, he's met the criteria to be, you know, an average, you know, first round safety over the last decade. But everyone hated where it was picked. And there's often that phrase that we talk about at BTSC where if it was picked in the second or the third, people would you know, love the pick. We look at a guy like DeMarvin Leal and how he slipped down and we've got him in the 84th pick in the draft, like the back end of the third. Is this a pick that we can look back on that maybe we all would have definitely hated in the first round, but maybe in two or three years we sit there and we're like,
1: yeah, that was a steal
2: in the third round.
1: Absolutely. If, if he uh, plays to the potential that uh, a lot of scouts uh, and national pundits think that he could, I think you definitely can come to that conclusion down the road. I think it's about right. As I sit here today, uh, looking at the player, the position, some of the guys that were there too. I think he holds similar value to some of the uh, guys in the secondary that may have been on the, the docket as well for the Steelers to go after. Um, you know, I liked a couple prospects maybe a little bit better. Yeah. That's me personally. Uh, but you know, I've gotten to where I I really just trust the Steelers team to take some of these guys and and make it work. And I think if he'd have gone in the second round to Pittsburgh, I think you're like, ooh, you know, maybe that's a little bit of a stretch. If he went in the first round, you're really thinking that. But here in the third round's kind of his sweet spot to me uh from the very beginning when I first uh, you know, got to know DeMarvin Leal a little bit more uh, based on the scouting profiles that were out there and watching some tape sweet spot for me was third or fourth round, maybe early second, you know, so I like the spot. I really do.
2: So then my set, my, my up question to that one for you is uh, <laughs> a bit more of a joking question. Are you expecting Colbert to come out and say, this is another third round peak that they had a first round grade on?
1: <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I wouldn't, be surprised these uh Colbert always talks up his draft pick uh, (laughs) maybe a little more than he should but (coughs) excuse me I think the Steelers identified the positions of need and they are drafting based on that BPA best player available at a position of need that's been their MO despite their kind of backlash to that thought process
2: yeah, and, and so that leads really well, I guess, Andrew. Into you know what, what your uh, usual co-host Betts has done there. That leads into my question for you: Is where do the Steelers pick from here? What what? Where do you think they need to go now? Rounds four through seven, or at least definitely next round in round four. Where do they target?
0: What position? Or is there a player? Corner is a screaming need, still, in my opinion. A killer Witherspoon, whenever he's been asked to be a number one corner, it has not worked out at all. You do not want to be the number one corner. Now, you're not going to get a number one corner in the fourth round of the draft, or at least ideally you're not going – you can't expect that. But I still believe the Steelers need a slot corner. I've never been a big fan of Arthur Molette. I still believe some – I know Sutton can play in the slot. Levi Wallace can play in the slot. But ideally you want to add somebody else. There's still several really good slot corners. My guy Jack Jones from Arizona State, a guy I really like. Jacoby Durant, who we met, I mentioned I believe on the last uh, round table uh, in the second round is a guy who the Steelers could target in the third. If he's still there in the fourth, um, he's another guy. There's one guy in the later rounds, um, Marcel Dabo from Germany. Oh, yeah. Yep. Uh, he's a guy who's really started to rise boards at the end of the pre-draft process. Got him, uh, Deron Bland. I mean, there's so many names at corner. Daryl Baker Jr., the guy we interviewed, um, who I would love to see in black and gold. Um mm-hmm. But it's going to be interesting to see. I, I think the Steelers have to come away with a corner soon. But in the fourth round, I said that's the sweet spot for the Steelers to get a tackle because they don't. I mean, all you have right now is Joe Hag, Dan Moore, and Jacumo Korofor. I don't see Korofor as a star, but obviously the Steelers do, and I knew that going in. That's why I didn't mock a tackle any higher. But in the fourth round, you have a lot of guys. Rasheed Walker makes a lot of sense. Max Mitchell would make a lot of sense. Um, Kellen Deesh if he's still there. I don't think the Steelers go after. Well, let's too. go. From, yeah, see, I don't the, know if the Steelers go like for a small school guy like that, but I would prefer that over those other guys yeah. that I had mentioned. Um, but there's plenty of names, Braxton Jones. I mean, it's well, there's guys
2: like you know, you know, there's you know, Cordell Volson's out there, you know. I don't think Rosenthal's been picked yet out Rosenthal. of Kentucky, like, and he's someone that went really far up apparently in scouts books, you know, in the in the last sort of month or so of the draft. Again, like cornerbacks, you know, we've talked about off-air before, like, I mean, he's sitting there in the seventh, apparently, but you know. Mikael Wright. There's a Josh Joe out of out of Alabama. I don't think he's getting nearly enough love. Um, there's Definitely. been a lot of chat. There's been a lot of chat in the live chat around you know a safety. So I don't know whether Nick Cross has been picked while we've been on air. <laughs> um, but that leads us to our super chat from Snowman. He's uh, he likes to throw super chats on on touchdown under which you know as you know around, around this time or a bit earlier. And then usually it's followed by Tony Duffio. Oh, so Tony Snowman's asked you know will the Steelers draft a running back or will they keep what they have? You know, I think a lot of us would like to see the Steelers draft a running back. Like names for me stick out, you know, like a um Damon Pierce. Although I don't know whether he's been picked as well today. Um, you know, a Pierre Strong Jr. Do you think the Steelers will go get a running back in the draft, or just see who falls to them as an undrafted free agent?
5: I think they might. Um, you know, they. I mean, I, it's it's funny they they have. You would think the players they have there, Benny and uh and, and Anthony McFarland, that that would be enough, yeah, based on. On, uh, because a couple of years ago, uh, number twenty four, he was like people were talking about him uh, replacing James Conner after that Week One uh, game against the Giants. Now all of a sudden they they don't have any depth. So I don't know. I mean, they they're probably gonna bring somebody in, but they don't necessarily have to draft anybody. I think they can sign somebody as an undrafted free agent. You know, like they always say, you can get <laughs> that's that's the popular saying now. You can get a running back anywhere. So. I don't think they no. initially have to draft somebody. I think they can find somebody uh, in the first wave of the uh, undrafted free agents after after the draft is over.
1: Yeah. And, Breaking and, and, and... news. Yeah. Oh. Go. Fourth quarterback is off the board. Andrew, I think you saw it same time as me. Who was it? Matt Corral, my QB6, almost QB7. But,
0: Carolina, I guess that silences the Baker Mayfield rumors.
2: Yeah. Yeah, it gives them, it's interesting. It's going to be an interesting change for what they're doing right now as well. The question I was going to ask you next, though, Jeremy, was: linebackers is still there, right? Now we've seen Jacksonville take two fairly highly touted, you know, linebackers there, and I think they, they were the ones that took Lloyd, and then they took Chad Muma mm. as well. The so Steelers going to get a linebacker next? You know, maybe it's not Nick Cross, the safety. You know, is sure. that? I know we've talked about corny, cornerback, but you know, yeah, is, is it linebacker? Like we don't know what we're going to get out of Buddy Johnson, you
1: know. Right, absolutely. I think uh, right now you're looking at stylistically at linebacker who's who's left when they come back on the board, uh, on the clock tomorrow afternoon. If it's uh, a long, rangy guy with uh, some flexibility to rush the passer and uh, also drop back in coverage, I think you've got you've got that as an option for the Steelers. Uh, Tomlin and now Flores being on the staff, they love their linebackers, right? Yeah. N- the Pittsburgh Steelers defense is never right unless there is a stud middle linebacker on the field. And I think they they Damn. thought they had it in Devin Bush. The injury kind of slowed down that. We'll see how that goes. Miles Jack, you know, maybe he could – uh become that in pittsburgh he's still pretty young but um you know the draft a young uber athlete he's he's got to be on the table i think uh but i think you do have more pressing needs cornerback um safety even uh and then i think i, I wouldn't be surprised if they double dip at wide receiver too um with yeah what they have I on talked roster. About, huh? so so yeah. you know it's it's definitely an option but i don't know if i'd put it Uh, in the top couple things that they'll be looking for in round four.
2: There's a lot of prospects still on the board that were, you know, fairly highly rated. And, you know, we we talked a little bit about tackle, corner linebacker um, safety, you know, double dipping on wide receiver, do the Steelers like there's a big gap between 138 and then I think the next pick's 208. This like do the Steels move up in the fourth. Do they, you know, trade back into the fifth using a pick next year? You know, people like trade Mason if there's anything there for him, you know, even to get something in the sixth, I think they've got enough in the seventh. Um, I, I want to throw it open to the full panel. Like, you know, A, do you think the Steelers do need to move up given some of the prospects on the board? And then B, do you do you think they will?
1: I'm going to go with they don't move. Uh, I think they're going to sit put where they're at. Um, the only trade I would have liked to see was potentially in this third round here, maybe moving back a little bit and uh, picking up a fifth rounder. Um, but moving up for somebody, <coughs> excuse me, unless they really like one of these fourth round cornerbacks, these early day three cornerbacks, I think they stay put.
0: Andrew? I agree. What made this pick hurt more was that Marcus Jones and Malik Willis both went off the board right after that. Not only would Jones been a perfect replacement for Mike Hilton, and yeah. then it, Malik Willis, I mean, could you imagine if we were talking two weeks ago and we were saying that Malik Willis not, wouldn't even just be there in the second round, but would be there in the third round and the Steelers not take them. Could you imagine the possibilities with that draft? I mean, it's ridiculous. I mean, yeah. teams are going to look back in this draft, Five years from now, and look how foolish they were. I don't care how much of a Mel Kiper rant this sounds like. I do not care one bit. This is a ridiculous mistake that the league is making. Malik is going to show some people wrong. And even though Tennessee may not be the perfect fit, I like the fact that he's going to be able to sit immediately. He's going to come in motivated. A lot of teams made a lot of mistakes. The Titans won this draft just based off that pick.
2: Yeah, we'll see. I don't know. I have many questions on whether you can throw it down the middle of the field, but we'll see. We'll see. Time will tell. Time will tell. Tony, same question for you. Do you, do you think they need to move up, or is there a position that you – like, even, do you even trade back in to get a fifth-round pick? Like, 70 picks is a, is a lot of picks. That's a third of the draft, almost, that they're going to sit there and not do anything.
5: I can't follow Andrew like that. That's 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 unfair to ask me to. <laughs> uh, he, he He sounds like he knows what he's talking about. I don't. <laughs> but no I, I think i think there's definitely a possibility that they can uh you know when you, when you say 70 picks in between their their last pick and their next pick that's that's a huge gap so yeah i could definitely see them doing that they, they did it last year when they moved up with they, they they lost a pick when they traded for louder milk but i could see them doing that but i actually have a question about their, their last year's draft uh uh trey norwood i know he no no i because you guys, you're mentioning your concerns in the secondary and Trey Norwood's the Swiss army knife. And I know, I remember he played uh, a lot of slot early on. I don't, I can't remember if he did the rest of the year, but do you think he's a candidate maybe who can, who can step up? And because they like him a lot. They like his intelligence, his his football acumen. Do you think he can, he's a candidate to possibly play the slot if, if the other guys can't step up and do that?
0: I think his athleticism, his lack of, or lack thereof, uh, makes him a p- better projection at safety. He really lives and thrives off his instincts and his instincts only. I think he's better um, at free safety. But I think we need to hand the tissue box from me to Jeremy, <laughs> his boy,
2: Nick Cross. Cross, Nick Cross.
1: Is a Colt, is an Indianapolis Colt. Yeah. Well, let me say this: they got they got a missile on the back end and uh, you know, I would have, I would have rather seen Nick cross over Leal in the third round, but the Steelers locked in their guy in uh, Edmonds, I think for this year and they're hoping to find something else uh, for next year. So, Uh, and you know, the one thing I'd like to point out uh, about the safety part since we're on that real quick is that um tyron matthew's still out there they paid mm. nothing for terrell edmonds i don't know if that's out off the board yet that they do they go out and upgrade that position or add another piece to it uh you know it's it's not out of the question in my opinion because what do you do after this year at safety if you haven't taken one yet in this draft and you know are you are you planning to start a rookie next year (laughs) you know well i agree with you
2: though because if you look at it as well where the safeties have been taken in this draft right like now yes you saw lewis Cena, you saw kyle hamilton you know we saw daxton hill in the first but i kind of put daxton hill in a little bit of a different bracket because it's more of that free safety you know um got that adaptability over to um you know cornerbacks so you sit there and you look at where safeties have been drafted and some good safeties and it's been late like the safety market has really taken a drop? Like how much can Matthew really charge a team, you know, after this in this second round of free agency? Um, and, and so I think you're right there, you know, yep. maybe that door is still open.
1: We're going to make Jeff mad talking about Tyron Matthew again. He thought it was over. So we <laughs> might need to watch ourselves.
2: <laughs> well, you know, like there's three of us here that are pretty disappointed. You know, I think yeah. I, I would have to say, and I did want to bring it up purely as well, because the right, you know, it is in the division, but you know, I was pretty disappointed and I know a lot of BTSC, Listeners are going you know, to be disappointed just from the feedback. You know, Travis Jones going over to the Ravens six, you know, eight picks before we picked. Yep. You know, Demarvin D- Leal. Like, you know, you got to sit there if he'd been there at eighty-four. You know, is someone? Is he someone that we picked when we when we look at who they chose and where they chose to go? Um, as we say, where they didn't go somewhere like a Perry and Winfrey. So it, it is pretty interesting um, overall. Though, wrap up this pick. Um, I'd love to grade the pick. You know, A to F um tony what, what, what grade do you give this pick of you know DeMarvin
5: Liao? this of the three this is the one i don't have much of a feel for because i don't know a whole lot about him so i'm going to say based on the need and p- perhaps his potential because of uh he, he seems to be all over the place as far as where he should have been
1: drafted i'd say a C. see
5: yeah jeremy
1: uh, i'm gonna go a little higher than that i'm gonna go with uh I'm going to go with a B because I think where he could have been selected by another team, especially early in the thought process of the draft, I think they they did a good job getting him in the third. Um, not a lot of athletic upside, but definitely a guy who provides steady performance and a guy that they can uh, use his versatility. So I give him a, a B for that.
2: Andrew, does he get above a D for you? <laughs>
0: I'm not going to leave the fact that Malik Willis was still on the board and put in consideration for this pick, though I will say that is going to affect my Kenny Pickett grade a lot. Hmm. Uh, The fact that the stewards could have gotten Willis two rounds later. um, Yeah, that one's going to get a failing grade. But nonetheless, I digress. Um, For this pick, I'm going to go C+. We passed on Marcus Jones. Looking at who else was available, there were several good linemen available. um, Dylan Parham. Uh just looking at who we passed up on, who we had a chance to get. I think there were better options out there, especially for what we needed. And I mean, the Steelers know the 2 situation more than I do. And I'll defer to them on that. Uh, but it's, it seemed like everyone is saying that he wants, you know, that both sides want to, you know, him to come back and him to play. So if that's the case, this pick wouldn't make sense. So I think a lot depends on if two, it comes back. Can the Steelers get signed for him in a trade? And you know, what else is going to happen with that? But C plus,
2: yeah, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna go pretty close to what you guys were saying there. I'm gonna go a B minus. I think you know we address and we address a need there. We get younger. We've got sort of a safety net depending on to it or alo alo, I think, with the way we're gonna play Leal, right? And I think you can't have enough depth there. I don't think the Davis brothers are showing enough, you know, Wormley we're probably gonna use more of that, you know, defensive end position. So but yeah, I'll flick over to you, Tony. you put your hand up there. Oh no,
5: I mean, as far as uh Leo, I mean even if, even if Tuit comes back and he's, he's the old to again. And same with Hulu, I mean, they they fact, they, they rotate their defensive lineman all the time. If he, if he's a valuable uh, rookie and, and, and he, and he, and he contributes, I mean, I think that'd be, that'd be worth something, even if he's not a starter, I think, you know, if, if you, if you're grooming him to be the a replacement for, for to or Hayward, and, you know, I think he could still contribute heavily or at least, you know, close to that in, in, in his rookie year. You remember Hargrave and those guys, they, they contributed a, a good bit in 2016. So, I mean, even even as a backup, I mean, a third round pick, uh, I know Kevin Colbert said, you know, you to find three starters, but you don't have to necessarily find them right away. I mean, I think some of that's for the future too. Yep.
2: Yeah, correct. And, and I think as for me, like, you know, rotating, you know, guys are playing 17 games now, rotating those guys around. We know the sort of, ball that's played in the AFC North. Um, you know, Mark and I on touch on a regularly talk about the need to make sure that we, um, you know, the Steelers look at spelling, you know, Haywood and, and Tewart and TJ Watt and all the rest of it. But uh, I think with that, that wraps up this third round draft pick round table for 2022. I would like to thank my co-hosts and thank all the BTSC listeners. Um, for tuning into this live YouTube show and Facebook show. And then, you know, if you're catching on the audio side, continue to stay with BTSC. We are your nonstop shop for everything Pittsburgh Steals when it comes to this draft, post-draft analysis, and obviously carrying you through right through the NFL season. Um, But yeah, enjoy the rest of the drafts through rounds
1: four to seven. Let's go Steelers. When I know that it can never really be the same, how could
3: 18 plus.